BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hi, I'm Dr. Sabrina Steerwall, and I'm Everyday Einstein, bringing you quick and dirty tips to help you make sense of science. Last week, winter storm Juno was supposed to bury large portions of New England, all the way from Maine down to New York City, under several feet of snow. In preparation for the storm, the city that never sleeps came to a halt. The subway train stopped running. All non-emergency vehicles had to stay off the roads. Airlines canceled flights in and out of LaGuardia, JFK, and even Newark airports. In the end, Juno delivered as promised in many areas. Boston saw two feet, as predicted. Other places in Massachusetts, as well as in Long Island and Connecticut, got more than 30 inches of snow. The forecast called for 18 to 24 inches in Portland, Maine, which ended up with 23.8, right on the money. But New York City's Central Park was left with less than 10 inches, still a significant amount of snow, but far less than the expected two feet. The borough of Brooklyn saw only 7 inches. So what gives? How can some weather predictions be so accurate while others miss the mark, even for the same storm? How well can we actually predict the weather? A simple model considers an input or inputs and predicts an output based on what is known about that input. For example, when food gets dropped on the floor at my house, I predict that my frisky hound will get to it faster than my lazy bulldog. My prediction is based both on my understanding of their relative speeds and on past experience. In the case of weather forecasting, there are many complicated inputs, like atmospheric pressure patterns, the direction and speed of the wind, the variation of air temperature at different heights in the atmosphere, and the dew point, or how much water vapor is in the air for producing rain or snow. Weather stations all over the world, including some strapped to buoys in the ocean, track these parameters by the minute. Weather balloons monitor the conditions high up in the atmosphere, and satellites provide a view of the Earth's weather from space. As you can imagine, powerful supercomputers are necessary to collect and interpret all of this data. The behaviors of each of these individual inputs, as well as how the inputs interact with each other, are represented or modeled by mathematical equations. For example, in the middle of the Northern Hemisphere, around 30 to 60 degrees latitude, warm air from the tropics below can meet cold air from the polar region above to create what are called low-pressure systems, the fodder for future storms. Exactly when, where, and how intense these storms will be depend on all of the initial conditions that set the stage for each storm. In most places in the world, weather does not proceed in clear, predictable patterns. In other words, weather is chaotic, and those mathematical equations are quite complex. Even small changes in the initial conditions or inputs can lead to big differences in the output predictions. Due to the complexity of the models used for weather forecasting, each output or prediction is associated with an uncertainty. In the case of Juno, the storm fell about 50 miles east of its predicted path. Thus, most of New England was hit just as hard as predicted, but New York City escaped relatively unscathed. 50 miles sounds like a lot when we're talking about the entire population of New York City, but it's actually only roughly 10% of the storm's predicted coverage. 
in the mathematical modeling of something so complicated as weather, that's pretty good. Not all the forecasts were so far off with their predictions for New York City. On Sunday, the Weather Channel gave similarly devastating predictions as the National Weather Service and others, but by early Monday, they lowered their estimates to 8 to 12 inches of snow, which turned out to be an accurate representation of the snowfall New York City actually saw. So what did the Weather Channel do differently? One of the complicating factors in the prediction for Juno, an issue that is actually quite common, was that several of these weather forecasting models disagreed. When faced with two models predicting different answers, the National Weather Service chose to go with a model that had proven to be very reliable in the past, but in this case, left them with over-predictions of snowfall in New York City. The Weather Channel took a different approach, and instead essentially averaged the results together, with some weighting towards more reliable inputs. Thus, when one of the model predictions turned out to be, in essence, wrong, that effect was diluted by including the results from the other, more correct model predictions. I make these sorts of decisions all the time with the form of chaos I am most familiar with, my toddler. Often when we go to the park, I watch her devour four to five sticks of cheese. On our trip last week, however, she refused to eat anything, and I ended up wasting all of the cheese that I brought. So the next time we go, I can choose to take an average and bring just two cheese sticks so I'm somewhat adequately prepared for either scenario, or I can prepare for the worst and bring all four. What's the right answer? I won't know until we get to the park. More current forecasts, called short-range forecasts, will always be more reliable because they contain the most up-to-date information on a pending storm's initial conditions. Due to improvements in models and the ability to manage the vast amount of weather monitoring data being collected, meteorologists can now predict weather five days in advance as reliably as they used to predict weather only two days in advance 20 years ago. Most weather reports do not go beyond 10 days in advance and rarely are any given more than two weeks ahead of schedule. My good friend and meteorologist Morgan Miller also points out that local forecasters often have the best insight into weather patterns in their area. When looking at the weather in a specific region, I trust the way local meteorologists look at all of the models and combine their personal knowledge and experience, she says. To improve the accuracy of reported weather predictions, they could be supplied with different confidence levels. Imagine your local weather person telling you that over the next 12 hours, we have an 85% chance of seeing 3 inches of snowfall, and that over the following 12 hours, the snow will accumulate to 10 inches at the 60% confidence level. Not really what you want to hear, right? We, the public, are usually pretty demanding when it comes to our weather forecasting. We want to know if our commute is going to be affected, or if our kids will have a snow day. We tend to like our news delivered with confidence, even though, as we have seen, a prediction without uncertainty does not necessarily mean it will be totally accurate. In the end, weather predictions help to save lives. When you know a storm is coming, you stock up on supplies so that you'll be warm, fed, and most importantly, not out in the elements. So instead of criticizing meteorologists for not being able to do the impossible and predict the weather with total certainty, let's thank them for their efforts to get it right every time. That ends our show for today. In the meantime, you can become a fan of Everyday Einstein on Facebook or follow me on Twitter where I'm at QDT Einstein. If you have a question that you'd like to see on a future episode, send me an email at everydayeinstein at quickanddirtytips.com. Until next time, this is Dr. Sabrina Steerwalt with Everyday Einstein's Quick and Dirty Tips for helping you make sense of science. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. 
by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.